The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. In order to support our show, we need the help of some great advertisers. And we want to make sure those advertisers are ones you'll actually want to hear about. But we need to learn a little more about you to make that possible. So go to podsurvey.com slash sims and take a quick anonymous survey that will help us get to know you better. That way, we can bring on advertisers you won't want to skip. Once you've completed the quick survey, you can enter for a chance to win a $100 Amazon gift card. Terms and conditions apply. Again, that's podsurvey.com slash sims, S-I-M-M-S. Thanks for your help. You probably are like the guy that has shows that you've watched, and then you try to have these conversations with me at times. I've given up at this point. I'm I not going to tell you to I watch am, something. I I, I'm trying to broaden your horizons. And you it's realize not going to happen. No, no exactly. I know. I'm, kind of, I'm a meathead. Uh, it's official. <laughs> don't broaden my horizons, okay? I have some books I want to recommend this oh, week well, for you to forget read. Forget about yes. it. Don't waste it's your time. It's a good time of year well, for did you, you to do I know. We all got to watch Game of Thrones. The season started. More and pillaging and... Just random in the background when there's conversations in the foreground. That's Game of Thrones. That's what it seems like. Kind of to a me. showstopper I this way. But every uh, time I turn the game, it's on. Somebody's getting the crap beat out of them. Um, listen, there's, are there pillaging going on? This time of year, or, all right. As else, you know, else, I'm doing a, I'm I know doing a an show. absurd amount of hockey. Yeah. All right. And right. usually I'm working with Mike Milbury. And right. night after night after night of working with Mike Milbury. I want to go home and I want to see a dragon burn someone to death. <laughs> and that's what this provides. It's that's a little outlet for okay, me. Good. Okay? Okay, good. I so haven't get got off there my yet. Case. No. At some point I'm going to watch this. Oh, really? At some point. Yeah, I have too many good friends who love it. And I've seen moments to go, okay, I understand. I just I want to start from the beginning to have a clue of what's going on. You can set on. aside like two months of your life yeah, and just go back point. and watch exactly it. Exactly right. Yeah, I think I you'll like it. All right, okay? good. All right. And, you know... That's it. That's the That's last it. recommendation. All right, good. Because you're not going to watch anything else. No, I'm really not. I'm you're watching at a film time. right now. One thing film. at a time. Yeah, okay? you're studying film. But it's Monday. It's Unbuttoned Podcast. It's Sims. It's Liam McHugh. Yes, that is Liam. If you couldn't see him right in his camouflage. Um, I really Only the you, top this time. What does yeah. Greenport stand for, first of all? What's that? It's a place okay. on Long Island Okay, where I oh, bought this shirt. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yes. Which I didn't buy. You know yes. I didn't buy any very, of my own clothes anyway. Very heavy anyway. military influence there on <laughs> <Yeah>. Long Island. <laughs> very. <laughs> uh, it's more that we're out in nature, I think. Uh, okay. Yeah, it's definitely not military But it's the Monday. Yeah. Come on. After the Masters, right? Tiger Woods, that was amazing. That's what I enjoyed. Uh I know we're going to talk a little bit about Notre Dame spring game yeah. where I was at that. And then we're going to hit some some breaking news that gone on, that went on uh, around the NFL this weekend. Certainly the Russell Wilson topic. Um, but go ahead there, Johnny Host. What is it up? Mm, no. 
No socks again? No, but you don't smell. You no, don't smell, well, then, it's early in the day. Well, yeah, and that's why. You, Listen, I, in a few hours, I'm going to have the full suit on. I'll put socks on I'm for that. I'm convinced you're is... like Irish royalty anyways, and like odors don't come out of your feet. <laughs> is that right? I'm Liam McHugh. We'll go with that. Yeah. That's fine. I think even Irish royalty probably had odors coming out of their so? feet. Okay. Yeah, probably. they definitely did. Good. Let's go. Let's start, though. Let's, let's start with Tiger Woods yeah. winning the Masters. Right. Breaking this massive drought. Are you drought. music in your ear? I am. Can we stop the I music thought, now? I thought this was we just a, want to keep the opening I thought this was forever. a new thing in your podcast. Is anyone like, back there? Yeah. Okay. They're working on it. They're working on it. I thought this was like a club feel that like, you had going. I was like, okay, we're going with the jam oh, today. Oh, it's gone. Thank you. Thank yeah, you. Now I can, I can think clearly. Now I miss it. Appreciate it. <laughs> Should we get back to Tiger Woods? Let's do it. Okay, because this was pretty incredible because you had so many people out there saying that this was never going to happen. I mean, you had people out, right, saying he should retire at yeah, this point. Right. Uh, it's time to move on. But obviously, slowly but surely, he was coming back. It leads up to this. All eyes are on that. And of course, the Penguins Islanders game, which I was broadcasting. I guess you weren't watching that one. No, it was not. That Sorry. Yeah, really. Sorry. Thanks a lot. Sorry, Appreciate buddy. that. Sorry. But uh, it's one of these moments yeah. that, I mean, for you, uh, I'm curious, as a sports fan, does, is this going to be one of those moments that you remember in sports history that's up there as I, a pinnacle sports moment? No doubt about it. I think this is one of those moments, at least I'll remember where I was when I was watching it, everything about it. I really do. I think it's it's up there for some of the greatest individual accomplishments I can ever remember. I mean, it, it's up there with any really great sports moment and, and I can remember, whether that's the Giants beating the Patriots in Super Bowl Forty Two when they were going to go undefeated or the Red Sox beating the, the Yankees down 3-0, mm-hmm. LeBron coming back against the Warriors, you know, Jack Nicholas in 1986. I know I was too young to be watching at that point, but, I mean, I, I of course, was watching golf a little after that and understood their comprehended it at that point. Um, but, yeah, for a guy to be 11 years away from his ma- last time he's won a major, uh, yeah, it was pretty special. I mean, it really was. It was a great environment, and I feel like we saw another side of Tiger that maybe we yeah. haven't really seen before, which was also cool. No, I, I really did enjoy that, the yeah. celebration after, especially uh, the moments with his family right. and uh, obviously the embrace uh, with the son. I mean, it, it was. It was an emotional moment, but you're, it was incredible because you're seeing, obviously, one of the all-time great athletes, yes. one of the most famous people in the world who had this spectacular fall from grace right. so there's the comeback story in it there is is this ever going to happen story so you do get the elements of say like the red sox winning the world series and breaking a curse the cubs winning sure. the world series right. and breaking a curse uh i'm curious though i mean as your your football guy yeah football guy so how does this compare to a super bowl oh and not just a super and not the super bowl where say the yeah. giants come back and beat the Pats. right but in terms of your attention, your memory, how special the moment is, how does this compare? Oh, okay. I mean, yeah, I am more of a football guy. You're right. I mean, of course. So football is always going to be ring a little higher on my radar as far as things. But I, I, I think just as far as a pure sports fan and my interest in viewing, I think was up at a Super Bowl caliber yesterday on Sunday. Wow. I, on April 14th. Master Sunday, Tiger Woods in it. And when we got to Amen Corner and those, you know, they had everybody was hitting the ball in the water on, on hole 12 or the par three. I think it's 12. Maybe it was 13. Regardless, I was like, whoa, this might happen. I mean, 
either he's going to win or he's going to fall apart here at the end and blow it, and it's going to be big news. And, and either way, it would be a massive. It'd be such a massive story massive because he'd be story. right there. And obviously, if it falls apart, and I think, I mean, listen, I think a lot of people are there and they want to see the comeback and they want to see the win. Yeah. I think you also have these viewers out there who are just like. You know what? If he falls apart right here, yes, I that's there was what that I've too. tuned in for. Sure. I think I kind of want to see this as well. Yeah, yeah. I, I think there is that aspect of it. But uh, it was like the Tiger of old. This is where I thought it was really cool. This would be the angle I thought was the coolest part about it. Not only, of course, the accomplishment of what Tiger did in 15th major, but to me, what was cooler than anything was he was competing against a bunch of guys who played golf because of Tiger Woods. I thought that yeah. was the coolest thing. It was a group of, you know, Molinari, Dustin Johnson, uh, Kepka, um, Justin Thomas. All those guys were, you know, the generation of I'm seven, I'm eight years old, and Tiger Woods is on the scene as the biggest golfer we've seen in the history of the sport other than Jack Nicholas. And I think that's why they got involved in the sport and continue to stay involved with it because Tiger was so polarizing that way to where he got a generation of athletes to play the sport. And I think that was really cool is that he was competing against them. And then what we saw even as he's walking into the clubhouse at the end, all those group of guys, Ricky Fowler, all of them were there waiting for him. To me, it's almost like um, to make a football parallel would be like Tom Brady right now. Like Patrick Mahomes and all these young quarterbacks that are coming up yeah. the ranks right now, I think they were same same thing. They were going, man, this Tom Brady, he's special. Look at this, the Patriots. This is really cool, Mom. I want to play quarterback in the NFL. So I thought that was kind of the cool thing. Listen, about I think that's part of the aspect. Yeah. I think deep down inside, a lot of those players also know that this is good for the game, of course, and they know right. that Tiger Woods winning this is in the end, going to make them a lot of money because Definitely. golf will only be a little bit more popular, a lot more popular, yeah. at least in the immediate, and then a little bit more popular going forward. And because of that, more eyes will be on the sport. There'll be more money involved in the sport, and all those guys are going to go a little bit richer. Yeah, no, I, that's the cynical side of it, but I think that's there. I, I think it is too. Well, I mean, you know, I know you were doing hockey, but the course was buzzing yesterday. When it got to like, you know, hole 11, hole 12, and it was like, whoa, Tiger's in this. And he has a legit chance to win it, and he didn't fall apart. I mean, you could, it was like you could hear the, the, the volume of the telecast go up because everybody was energized. So it had a special feeling to it yesterday. It was really cool to watch. It was a special moment. In fact, I know it's special because as I'm talking about it, I'm getting chills as I'm talking about it again. So, so you're uh, saying it was slightly more special than when Leo Komarov scored for the Islanders to give them a 4-1 lead against the Pens. That's right. Fans. Yep. Yeah. Sorry, Slight. Leo. Listen, good. I'm not going to – of course, we have a huge monitor on yeah. the Masters. Yeah. And everyone's yeah. paying attention. You can't. Yeah, it, was, it, it really was. It was one of those sports moments. And I think it transcends sports. And, you know, it puts Tiger – listen, he also puts him into the – Category of one of the greatest 40 plus athletes. Yeah. And we I got know. a bunch of them. And he's not going anywhere. Brady, I mean, Breeze. now that he wins this, I would say watch out because, I mean, just got the confidence and his body held up through the week. And I think yeah. all those are positive. So, uh, yeah, I think uh, golf is going to be a lot a lot more fun to watch on a, on a tournament basis now that Tiger is, is a legit threat. Obviously, the big news NFL wise is, you know, we'll get to the draft, but before that, it's what is going on with Russell Wilson in Seattle. Yeah. Because the deadline is looming. Midnight is the deadline that he's put out there for the contract. We're hearing all different things, right? Uh, Tyron Matthew, we're hearing rumors that, you know, not only is he one out of Seattle, uh, potentially big cities, New York, L.A., those would be destination spots for him if he had his choice. Uh, but for Seattle, you're talking about in his prime, mm -hmm. franchise quarterback, yep. and you know it's going to cost you a ton of money, a ton of cap space. Exactly right. Um, 
How do you see this playing out? Because not only is there the the deadline, right. it sounds like from what Peter King has reported that this isn't like, hey, if we don't reach the deadline, I'll play it out and then we'll re-examine this in the future. A deadline's a deadline. This either happens or it doesn't. And if it doesn't, then after this year, I'm gone. Yeah, well, well yeah, exactly. I mean, what Peter King's saying is basically Russell Wilson said the deadline, get it done now or it never gets done ever. I mean, that's what he's saying, which is uh, a very hard line stance. I wouldn't expect that from Russell Wilson. Um, you know, again, you know, a guy like me who was, I pay attention to the NFL my whole life and I'm really into it. I read every article and I know people and I hear things and all that kind of stuff. At the very base level, we have seen so many warning signs of this being real that it has to be real to a degree. Whether it's Russell Wilson talking about his contract to Jimmy Fallon, the rumors about being traded to the New York Giants, whether it was Colin Cowherd or other people, the rumors that Sierra wants to go to a big city in New York or L.A., um, the fact that I don't think the Seattle Seahawks are scared um, are going to be backed into a corner as far as John Schneider, Pete Carroll. I think they believe they can build a team again the way they did it the first time around, which was a a quarterback on a rookie contract and then build great depth on the football team and really have this, you know, ultra-talented team like we saw with the Seattle Seahawks that set them up for a long time. The Seahawks are not afraid to make bold moves. I mean, hey, Earl Thomas is out the building. Richard Sherman's out the building. Michael Bennett's out the building. So uh, I almost – I feel like we're getting to the point where neither side is real scared to move on. I think Russell Wilson is kind of putting that out there to a degree. Um and I do think there's a part of Seattle, and I've heard this from other people around the NFL too, that they're certainly contemplating and have contemplated life without Russell Wilson and how they could be successful if they could find that next quarterback in the draft and kind of build things the way they did it the first time around. Well, you mentioned some of those players yeah. there and defensive players. And yeah. we've seen this bold moves where guys seem like cornerstone pieces mm -hmm. of your franchise in the NFL and you're willing to part with them for the future because maybe you don't think you're going to win right now right. or maybe you think you're better suited or contractually cap wise it'll be better for the entire team yep and we saw this last year also obviously with Oakland they make this monster move right before the season and they part ways with Khalil Mack and they look to the future we don't see this with franchise quarterbacks in their prime almost never this is very different yes. in that regard right. it's a huge gamble a massive gamble yeah because you can say hey we can get First round picks. No, yeah. But yeah, are they going to be Russell Wilson? That's it. Yeah. No, I know. It is a dicey situation because, you know, yes, you're going to have to find somebody else to play quarterback that's still suitable and you feel like is going to be able to lead your team and get you out of some tough situations. Hey, the first time around, the Seattle Seahawks said it with great defense, an overpowering offensive line, Marshawn Lynch yep. in the run game, and then it was Russell, we just need you to make a few plays every game here and there and don't turn the ball over and we should be in a good place in the fourth quarter. And more times than not, they were. You know, I'll say this thing. I always, and I've been saying this a little bit over the last few weeks, even on the pod and on Pro Football Talk with Mike Florio, I do think it's a matter of time before we see a team make a bold move like we're hearing Seattle Seahawks right now. I brought this up on Wednesday's podcast, last Wednesday's podcast with my father. I mean, if you look at recent history and the teams that have been in the Super Bowl or the teams that have been in the Final Four mm -hmm. with affordable quarterback contracts, it is a long list, and I'll start. I'm going to name them out for you one more time. First of all, New England's in the Super Bowl every other year, and Tom Brady's on a team-friendly deal. So that's my first example, okay? Okay. All right, and then Russell Wilson twice has been in the Super Bowl on a rookie contract. The Philadelphia Eagles just won the Super Bowl. Rookie contract to quarterback. Let me just go back. Okay. Let's go back to Brady. Yeah. Okay. Because that isn't so much savvy deal-making on the part of the Patriots. That is a selfless quarterback 
who has plenty of money. Yes. Okay, right. and whose wife also makes a ton right. of money. And so there are actually similarities. Yes. Listen, there's some similarities, some similarities there. there. Okay. Right. right. Where really money is, shouldn't be the biggest factor. No. I mean, and in, in that case, it isn't. But in almost all these cases. I mean, so to me, that one's very different. The other it ones, maybe there's good deal-making. That one, you. it's a quarterback willing to make a sacrifice. It is willing to make a sacrifice, or they're paying him off the books in some other way, which is what most people in the NFL think, is that New England has found some way. He has a TB12 store. When you say right that, I always Patriot think about place. him getting, like, an envelope well, of cash. I, 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 I think most teams, if you talk to most NFL people, insiders in the NFL teams, they all feel like, New England's paying Tom Brady off the books somehow, some way. I don't think they would be the first team in the history of the sport to do that or try to get away with that. I'm not trying to cause any problems there. But either way, the, the point doesn't change. They have a team sure. that's very deep and can withstand injuries because their quarterback is not taking 20 to 25% of the salary cap away. Yep. Hey, the Rams, they were in the Super Bowl. Guess what they had? Quarterback and a rookie deal. Yeah. You know, Blake Bortles and the – AFC championship game Jaguars, quarterback on a rookie deal. Case Keenum and that Vikings team. I mean, they didn't have anything, really. No, it wasn't a quarterback on a rookie deal, but it was just a quarterback on a very average, below average quarterback starting deal. The Baltimore Ravens winning the Super Bowl with Joe Flacco, rookie deal. Yep. The team they played against in that Super Bowl um, was Colin Kaepernick, yep. rookie deal. So there are some examples right there of – why I do think it's only a matter of time before some team has the guts to make that type of decision and maybe move on from a Russell Wilson or whoever it may be, because I think the proof is starting to bear out that, you know, it is extremely hard to build a complete football team and, you know, hope we stay healthy and nothing happens to us when your quarterback is making 20 to 25% of the salary cap. We're going to dive deeper into yeah. this when we get into some prop bets that are coming up, okay. especially around the NFL draft, because yeah. obviously he's a big topic now sure. because the draft is looming. Yeah. And if you're going to trade, let's face it, you trade for picks. Yes. There's other things involved, but you're looking to the future, and you're talking about quarterbacks on a rookie deal. Right. Well, that means you're probably going to draft a quarterback here. Yeah. So, And you're, you're not – you're not making that trade unless you get a high pick because you want to get a quarterback that you think will be a franchise quarterback. Right. Uh, you were gone for the weekend in South Bend without me. Yeah. Kind of weird. Yeah, it was weird. I feel like yeah, cheating I felt, on me and I going felt, to South yeah, Bend. You I shouldn't feel like strange it. about it. But you're there. Spring game, Notre yeah, Dame. They right. come off this big season. A lot of turnover for this team. Uh, all right, take me through the adventures of Chris Sims in South Bend. Big takeaways from the spring game. I think Notre Dame's going to be very good. Again, I think Notre Dame. Oh, Dame's- look at this. Oh, look at that. Oh, yes, my button's unbbuttoned. Oh, my gosh, so this, this is, is breaking news. Unbuttoned. This is before the game. Did you yeah. do that on purpose? Did no, you not yeah. button the top? No, I did it on purpose. I had it buttoned, and I said, you know, I don't like the way this looks necessarily with the blazer. I'm going to unbutton it. Okay, it's versatility, man. Oh, wait, it was because you didn't like the way it looked? Or yeah, it was because I, I thought like you were cross-promoting? No, I mean. You know, sometimes you just got to unbutton. And with this look, you know, it's versatility. I'm, you know, just a lot like Kyler Murray. I could scramble. I could sit in the pocket. doesn't matter. I could do it all. So <laughs> much like Kyler Murray. That's where the comparisons begin. I thought so. It yeah. is also Thank where you. the comparisons end between <laughs> you two. That's not the only picture, though, oh. of you on the air in South Bend. Uh, I don't know. People probably didn't what catch this one. What are you about one. to do here? There's my little guy uh, in the city for a snack before yeah. he goes see and sees the show. My wife pops this picture. Right. Um, Where are we getting the snack at there? I, I think that's in probably one of those like Penn Station pizzerias. Oh, gotcha. Got which you. most people don't recognize because they only the get pizza there at like 3 in the morning. Yeah. When I, there are like yes, fights I, happening. Ooh, that, um, no. This is daytime. 
little different, a little cleaner. And in the background where my son could care less and could not be bothered, Thank even you. though my wife pointed it out that daddy's friend was on TV, right. he turned around, looked, and said, is daddy on? Nope. nope. And that was it. Wanted nothing to do with you at all. Turned right around, wouldn't even pose for the picture. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, He Mr. knows what's going on. Yeah, right. Yeah. He, he knows that it doesn't really matter. I'm not buying his groceries. No, not so at all. Not really that Exactly. Interested. You're not buying him. I'm spoiling him. Pizza at Penn Station. Right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so that's very nice. Thank you. And you sent me that text, as everybody knows. He sent me, that Liam sent me that text What uh, during the game at one point. I looked down, and you're, you're always good for some good snarky comments. Well, I, I felt like right after the game started, you were like, oh, this must be really important, this text I'm getting. I did. I thought you were going to be like, like, oh, good uh, job so far, man. You're doing no. a really good job. You seem comfortable. <laughs> uh, instead, it was more of a no. bring, your, bring your butt back down to earth moment. You're not that cool. You're not that big of a deal. So Just trying uh, to keep it loose. No, no, Name, though Notre Dame's gonna be good. Okay. I really do. Team I'm, that lost a lot. Lo- they lost I mean, a lot of players. Dexter Williams, yeah. Boykin, Coney, who yeah. we liked a lot, exactly and obviously right. Jerry Tillery, a guy who could go. Who probably will Julian go first Love, round. right? Julian Love. Yeah. Jim yeah. Tranquil. I mean, that's a lot defensively. It is a lot defensively. I think those are the places they got to figure out uh, how to fill some of those voids in the interior part of the defense. But overall, I do think Brian Kelly has it rolling there in Notre Dame to where they got players to replace. They got all the right athletes. And Ian Book at quarterback was very impressive as well. And I just think uh, that offense is going to continue to kind of grow around him because he's such a special thrower and decision maker, really. Give me one breakout guy for Notre Dame this year, a guy that's Oh, not only college football fans should look yeah. at, but potentially the NFL. Oh, I think the guy that, that popped to me in that manner more than anybody is number 83, Chase Claypool. Chase Claypool is one of the freakier athletes on the Notre Dame football team the last few years, as we know. He's kind of been a special teams guy. I think he's been a little hot and cold yep. for what he brings to the offense at the wide receiver position. But it sounds like he's kind of matured, honed in, realized like this is he's got to be the go-to guy uh, for an Ian Book now that Miles Boykin's gone. And, yes, from the practices I watched on film and what he did in the spring game, he is a freaky athlete. He has game-breaking speed, and he's got difference-making size and ability to go up and catch 50-50 balls and things like that to where, yeah, he will be playing in the NFL on Sunday at some point. Physically, he yeah, is he's incredible. He is. And he's now if you really put it all together, right. maybe he could be that guy and they can open up the offense and yep. can find him. We'll see. Right. Uh, very different-looking Notre Dame team this year. Uh, other things going on, it's Boston Marathon Day. All right, a lot of very fit people out there running. I can't imagine running a marathon. No, thank you. Longest distance you've ever run? A mile in eighth grade. Longest. Longest. That's it? I ran a 615 mile in eighth grade gym class. I haven't run one since. Nothing left to prove? Nothing left to prove. 615 and I'm good. I mean, I run sub, 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 seven minute. Um, But... Yeah, in football, basketball, baseball, with the sports I grew up, played in high school, and of course, you know, college football and all that, you're not running long distance stuff. When you start to get in shape for an NFL football player, okay, maybe you run 400 yards sprints. Maybe you run 220s, things like that. But you're not going to start running miles. I mean, the game is about having a fast twitch nervous system, the NFL. It's about four second explosions. For, for me to sit there and jog for 26 hours straight, which is probably what it would take me to run the mile. I mean, 
the marathon, I mean, that's going to deaden your nervous system, break down muscle tissue. It has oh, no you have you have other you have real reasons no. why you're not doing oh, it, yes. not just because I don't want to oh, no, and it's boring I mean, and I'm lazy. It, I love that. that it's breaking down <laughs> things for it, you. Well, I'm well, giving you my athlete. That's a bunch of BS. Well, I just don't want to do it. Yeah, don't want to do it either. Boring. Of course, I don't want to do it. I mean, gosh, and I have like back hip issues as it is. So me just sitting there on concrete, jarring back and forth. I carumba. Nicole, on the other hand, shake your head, Nicole. Come on, shake the jib up and down. Yep, that's Nicole. Uh, She's go. behind the camera right now. Despite the fact, yes. Marathon, and um, she seems fresh and spry and ready to go today. Well, she's in good Saturday, shape. Saturday, two days ago. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if she's in that good of shape. She wasn't she complaining about it either when she was talking about it. Yeah, yeah. a little bit. Well, the it was cold out there and it was rainy. That's what she said. <laughs> Sorry, By the way, Nicole. and our, our friend and colleague, Doug Flutie, yeah. uh, did one of the most amazing things, which is a few years ago, he ran the Boston Marathon on virtually no training. Well, he's a psycho. Yeah. I mean. Basically decides like a week before, I'm going to run the Boston Marathon. He's. Uh, He's always up his for 50s. action or games yes. or sports or whatever it may be, so I'm not surprised by that. Well, our producer, Rob Holland, calls him? Peter Pan. Yeah. That's right. And it fits. It does fit. Because Flutie is a guy that we lose during pregame occasionally because he's on the field throwing the football around with the players. Yes. Uh, he's, and then all of a sudden they're like, hey, you have uh, your opening hit, and he's like all sweating. He's like, oh, we have to do that right now? Well, yeah, yeah. He's, he's always looking for yeah. pickup basketball games, whatever <laughs> yeah. it may be. But wait, you run, when's the last time you ran a mile? A mile? Yeah. I, I, on a, I run on the treadmill. I'm old. Yeah. I'm in my 40s. Yeah, 40s. You are yeah. old. Oof. I had to run it. I had to do a 10-mile run uh, when I played soccer at Buffalo. Okay, so we soccer. Do I we know, do that sure. every year. If you played soccer, you did But even that runs. seemed unnecessary. Yeah. All right. Yeah, 10 it, miles, it, it, a little okay. excessive. And, and I wasn't having it. So my freshman year, I ran it. And right. I kind of got through it and mucked yeah. my way through it to the end. And, you know, listen, no one was getting it. That's the other thing. No one was getting a starting spot on the team based on how you finished in the 10-mile run. No, it was just like one yeah, day we're yeah, going right. to torture you and you're going to go out and Exactly. Do it. So the next year, right. uh, I conveniently had an excuse where I had class or I had to oh, meet with a professor well and I wasn't going to be there. Well done. And my coach saw right through that nonsense yeah. and then made me run it the next day by oh. myself. But you had to run all over campus, and I just basically found a bench halfway through, sat Time myself and then ran back. And I probably only put about two miles in. What a cheater you yeah, are. Well, and I, I wow. can tell you that I did not play soccer my junior or senior seasons. That was it. And the feeling was very mutual. Oh my um, gosh. Ten yeah. miles. I couldn't I could never do it. No. Not so I did it once. Good. All, All right. right. I feel well, like a, good I feel luck like to I, everybody in the Boston Marathon. Yes, good luck to them. That was really, really inspirational. Yeah, by good you. luck. Yeah. Good luck. All right. Should we uh should we pop into the NFL draft? Yeah, sure. Ten sure. days. Yeah. The countdown's on. You're not going to sleep for 10 days just no. watching film? I feel like I haven't slept, but I'm, yes, I am on the film never-ending. You know, when you're, when you're expected to talk about the draft, the worst problem is, is where do you draw the line to go, okay, that's enough players I've seen. You know, I don't have to be responsible for all seven rounds or doing anything like that, but I certainly want to be able to talk to, especially the first two rounds of draft yep. picks. So there's 64 picks. It doesn't mean you just watch 64 players and you're like, oh, I'm good. I mean, you really almost have to do double, maybe even closer to triple to cover your butt because, you know, teams can see it a different way, whatever it may be. So I'm just trying to kind of continue to crack the the down the line guys. Well, all the prop bets we have are third round and and later prop bets. Oh, thank you. Yeah. First two, easy. All right. That's all we need. Let's go. Let's Let's start right at the top. Let's get back to the conversation we were having. Okay. Okay. Let's say in the buildup to the draft or on – Draft day, right. days yep. at this point, Russell Wilson mm-hmm. traded yes or no? 
I'm going to say no. I, I think that he will stay with Seattle. I, mm, I just don't know if I see a team that is, you know, the teams that I look at, the two teams especially that I look at, like the Chargers I would think could make sense, okay? The Giants I could think could make sense. You know, I have thought about the Raiders because I know John Gruden loves Russell Wilson, but I don't imagine that. I think we're a year away. I think Russell Wilson, they're going to have a weird 2019 season where he's going to be the lame duck starting quarterback. There's going to be no contract extension. And when the year's over, they're going to split ways and Russell Wilson's going to be a free agent. You think the Chargers make sense? I think that could make sense. It's interesting. And and I get that with an aging quarterback. But it's also a team that could win right now. Yes, it could. Right? Yes, it could. And a team that loves their quarterback. Certainly. So I, I, I wonder about that. Uh, personally, I don't think it happens No, uh, for the reasons I gave before, which is that we see that with other uh, positions around the NFL, certainly defensive positions, certainly running backs, and now we've seen it with wide receiver with Odell Beckham. You don't see this in their prime franchise quarterbacks. I think people think it's just too risky to give up on these guys. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think he gets traded. I want him to get traded in many ways because I want to see the chaos. Yeah. Uh, I also want him to get traded. I want him to get traded to the Giants because I want to see how much the Giants – sign him to. I want to see how much are they paying him to eventually back up Eli Manning. Because well, Eli Manning's still going to be the starting well, quarterback because I mean, they love him that much. They're going to bring him in and he'll back up Eli. I just can't see the Giants making that type of bold move. I think that's the biggest thing at the end of the day. And, I mean, you're going to sign Russell Wilson, what, pay him $35 million a year, and then also have Eli Manning on the roster this year and have, like, over $50 million in the quarterback on your salary cap. That's where, And I just don't see the Giants as being – a team to make a trade like that or give up the assets in a, in a point right now where they're somewhat rebuilding. So They'd be asking uh, for both first rounds. I would think would assume, so, right? yes. I so. mean, it's certainly going to lower his price a little bit, but I would think they were going to ask for two first rounds. Yep. I mean, it is gonna, the, the price is going to get lowered because he's going to ask to be the highest paid player in the history of the NFL. So that's going to make it go down a little bit. But yeah, I do think two first rounds is going to be in the conversation for, for acquiring a guy like Russell Wilson's needs. All right, let's yeah. go on. Yeah. Uh, next one, quarterback related, right at the top. Yeah. Does Kyler Murray go first in the NFL draft? Because, listen, the more mock drafts you see and the more information that comes in and the more smoke screens that go out from different teams, uh, suddenly we start to see maybe Josh Rosen will be their guy. Maybe they'll go defense. Maybe they'll want to win right now. Yeah. Kyler Murray going number one overall? I think so. I do. I just uh, I, I go back to Cliff Kingsbury's comments. I think he has a true love affair and trust, and he knows the player. I also just think of Cliff Kingsbury, the coaching aspect where he's going, I want my offense to have a good debut in year one. I think Kyler Murray has the type of talent to kind of – take the pressure off Kingsbury uh, if his offense isn't hitting on all cylinders. You know, oh, okay, yeah, this might not be a great play, but Kyler Murray scrambled and got 12. Nobody will know it's not that great, whatever it may be. Uh, I I do. I think Kyler Murray will go to the Arizona Cardinals at number one. I I don't see how it makes sense otherwise. Yeah. You already took the gamble on the coach. Sure. And you got the coach for the system. Yep. And And if this is the quarterback that fits that system to a T, it doesn't make any sense. Yes. Uh, So I I think – Regardless of any misinformation before then, it seems to me that he's got to go there. I agree. I'll be right. there, too. All right, let's stay with quarterbacks because yeah. this one's gotten really interesting. Yeah. Let's go to Haskins' top ten, which okay. at one point, Dwayne Haskins, that seemed like a lock. It was which team fits, right. which team will take the second quarterback. He'll be that guy. Now you keep hearing reports and rumors does, yeah. that he is just sinking and sinking. Is he out of the top ten? 
He's a top 10 talent. I want to make sure okay. I say that in my eyes. He is a top 10 talent. You know, again, then what's this about? The negatives with me is for my job and my life is I don't get to meet guys and get to watch them in person and get to go you know, in meeting rooms and ask them questions about football and go to dinner and all those things. You know, to me on the outside looking in, I've said this many times, I just think, you know, I don't think his – his postseason has been all that great with some of the combine issues and they're talking about his weight and cramping on the 40. And, you know, I've heard, you know, people think that Ohio State's offense was kind of simple, made it simple for him, and there's talent around him. Either way, I do think I don't know all those aspect, aspects of off-the-field stuff, but it does seem very odd that, yes, the talk has quieted down substantially on him. So if you made me bet whether he goes top 10 or not, I'm going to say no, he does not. I say he falls out and ends up somewhere in the teens, something like that. Does that mean that you don't think a quarterback goes top uh, no. outside of Murray? No, Another I, quarterback goes I think top Drew Locke, I'm, I'm not so sure. If you made me make the same bet with Drew Locke, I'm not so sure I would make that bet. It's very close, yeah. Broncos? Uh, Broncos, maybe. I mean, the New York Giants at six. Okay. Well, I would think, you know, if the, this is my big thing with the New York Giants. If there's a quarterback they like, just take them at number six. Don't wait for seven, yeah. number 17. So to me, if they do like Haskins and they're going, oh, well, the value we think is values in the mid-teens, or if it's Drew Lockett, it's the same thing, whatever. If it's a quarterback and you like him, nobody's going to get mad at you for taking him at number six. And I think, again, I'm going to make this point for the millionth time, Dwayne Haskins, Drew Locke, I feel really confident about these statements right here are better than Blake Bortles coming out in the draft, are better than Christian Ponder coming out in the draft, are better than Jake Locker coming out in the draft. So from that standpoint right there, all those guys were top 10, top 11 picks. These guys have more talent than them. So I'm not going to be mad if anyone goes, you know what, this is our guy, we like him, and if they take him in the top 10, so be it. I'll go back to the question yeah. I asked you a few weeks ago. Yeah. You'd rather have Rosen than either one of those guys? Yeah, it's close, but yes, I think yep. I would. I think with everything I saw with Rosen, you know, I, I, you know, I fancy Drew Locke a little bit because of his style of play, the way he can sling the ball around the, the field. I mean, he has some special qualities that I think really translate to the NFL. But yes, I think like if I just went for my pure grades of grading quarterbacks, I think my Josh Rosen grade would, would was higher than than Locke or Haskins from this year. Have you been saying I fancy all along? Is no. that a thing? I just can. Oh, do you do it now because you're on Sky Sports? I don't know. Me and the English PFT language. and you want to you want to appeal to cheerio. the British cheerio. office. Yeah, exactly. I don't even know where I come up with some of the shit that comes out of my mouth. Sometimes, Liam, I make up words, and then sometimes I have words that make sense, and I sound like I'm smart and. I really just use them, not even knowing the meanings of the words. I've just listened to how other people have used them. You're throwing go, them out there, and I'm you're hoping the right that way. fits. He used it like that. I'm using it like that too. <laughs> you're freelancing with the English yeah. language, and maybe it hits. Maybe Dude, it doesn't. do you know what happened? Maybe it'll to me become yesterday? a thing. I didn't even tell you this. First of all, we Please. didn't even get into this. I'm breaking stride, but who? who go ahead. It's a fucking yeah, podcast. Point. Who cares? <laughs> First of all, I didn't even get to say that Tiger Woods used to come into our quarterback meeting when I was at Tampa Bay. What? Yeah, I was going there, but we got off topic. Tiger Woods used to come in Orlando. We would train at the Wild World of Sports when I was with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And Tiger Woods in the 
the year, I believe it was 2007, where I was recovering from my spleen, I re he probably looked at me at practice that day and was like, whoa, this guy's an NFL quarterback because I was probably throwing lame ducks everywhere. But he can understand the feeling with his yeah, back issues. Sure. So, But okay. either way, uh, he, yes, I got to be around him, and that was really cool to be around. Like, that's a pretty cool moment that Tiger Woods was, like, sitting What was he me. doing? I don't he, understand. Gruden is a psycho, of course, and he asked Tiger to always come to training camp every year. Come to training camp, hang out with us. And finally, I think Tiger just got sick of John asking. So he came and he hung around for the day and he was in our quarterback meetings. It was really cool. I mean, hey. I, Did he say anything during these he, meetings? You know, he just asked him some like questions about golf and how he approaches the sport and things like that. But for the most part, he just sat back and, and observed. Uh, I really, he was, he was cool. It was a cool experience. Basically, he was trying to get Gruden off his back. Right. And then, and, wait, this is what I got to tell you, but it really pissed me off. Do I, if I sound hoarse today, I started the tournament yesterday and put it on pause and recorded it, okay? Because I, I had a long work week, work week. I had worked six days in a row. Oh, like, God. You know what? What I want to go to the brutal, gym. Shut brutal up. life Shut up. you okay? have. Okay, shut up. <laughs> and I wanted to go to the gym, okay? And I didn't want to go to the gym at like four in the afternoon after the tournament was going to be over. So I paused it. I recorded it. I was like, I'm not going to pay attention. I'm not going to look to the news. Nobody's going to tell me who won this match, and I'm going to watch it in real time. I got done with my workout. I am sitting in the sauna for a few minutes just to get a little extra sweat. And I'm looking at my phone. I'm playing some stupid game on my phone, and I got a news alert. And well, it, well, you got to turn those off. I don't, I don't understand how this is. On. How did you not know that that might happen? I don't know because I really am not a news alert guy, kind of guy. I didn't even. I just I didn't know it was possible not to know that. I mean, it, there's lots of things. It's did you tell possible. people not to text you? I did. Okay, well, well you at least handled that. I part. tried to. Yeah, my aunt Wendy. So then you knew and then had to go back and watch. Yeah, I still watched. Oh. It. I know it stunk though. It really pissed me off. I yelled. I cussed a lot actually when I when that news alert came out. You curse a lot to begin I with. I'm so pretty that's good at not it. really yeah. that big a deal. That's why, though. But did Tiger Woods throw a football while he was there? Nope. Yeah. Did not. Well, I, I you know what I was that. always amazed? The, the, the thing that I'll always I'll remember about Tiger Woods, his waist is, like, this big. Like, <laughs> he is not, like, he is not a big guy. Yeah. You know, I'm going to say maybe, what, I mean, you know, 5'11", 6 foot, something like that. But I just remember thinking, like, yeah, you know, he's in shape, and he just looked different than any other golfer I'd ever met. And that's that's what jumps out to me. Sorry to change the subject. No, that was great. Hit me. Listen, I mean, he, that's phenomenal that he was in the meeting. Right, right. You, Gruden, Tiger. Yep. And then we got a sauna story, too. So that's, that's <laughs> not bad. Where were we? All right, you know what? Let's get back to quarterbacks. Yeah. Okay, because you were talking about a few of them here. Yeah. Brought a block. We talked about Haskins. Mm -hmm. uh, we talked about Murray. So over-under, first round, three-and-a-half QBs Ooh. taken first round. And these round. are real bets, right? I mean, this is, yeah, this is me, something that you could lose money on. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, this is over all day. Now, I don't think there's three first round. I don't think there's four. Over first. all day. So you, what do you say, Jones is I think Jones is going to go in the first round. Yes, I, yes, I do. So and that's those as, three and then Jones. And yes, and I don't believe, and let me just state this again, and I know Daniel Jones is a very nice person. I, this is the worst part of my, of my job. Oh, this is okay? going to be a terrible end to this sentence. But, this yeah, <laughs> I don't see first-round talent from a Daniel Jones by any stretch of the imagination. I really do not. So, uh, for me, he is not a first-round quarterback, but everything I hear, it sounds like there's a few teams that have a love affair with him. They're impressed by the intangibles, the meeting room, the ability to process information. You know, he's done really well in all the psychoanalysis tests and all of that. But I always worry, and I'll say it once again, when conversations start with that type of shit right there, 
Cutcliffe's offense or he's good at the board or he's good at the test, man, that's red flag central to go. If, if we're the not, first sentence involves he was coached by this guy right, instead of he saying. does or – you see the size of that or guy? Or he's really smart. Oh, he's real tall. Oh, right. Yeah. yeah. If um, it doesn't start with his arm or, man, his feet in the pocket or some of the throws he makes or he's some damn good player, whatever it is, if it doesn't start with those type of things, to me, you're making up reasons to make the player a better prospect than he is. And uh, yeah, that's where I would get scared. To me, if it starts with the coach, you're complimenting the coach. Exactly. And then you got to wonder, has he peaked? Yeah. As his coach got the most out of him. Exactly right. Does he get to bring the coach with him to the NFL? Yeah, I, well, if he doesn't, then yeah. it doesn't really make much right, of a difference. Right. So you think, though, either way, you're going to see four in the first round? I do. It's, you think four is the cap, I though? think four is the cap. I okay. do. Think the Pats take one late? They could be one of those teams with Daniel okay. Jones that I could see certainly being interested. But, you know, again, I wouldn't be shocked if it was five. That's why I would wow. certainly go with the over of three and a half. Okay. Yes. So you think that's going over. Yeah. How about this defensive players over under? 16 and a half in the first round. Let me give you some context. Yeah, please. All right, That's last good. year, yeah. uh, I believe it was 16 defensive players taken in the first round, 20 the year before. Oof. This is a big, it's a huge defensive line draft. It is a huge defensive line draft. Right away, my brain went over, but I'm trying to formulate my offensive mind here. Okay, we just said four quarterbacks, right? So there's four guys. You're getting four quarterbacks. Okay. You're saying four. If you take five, now – you're really limited. Yeah, so good chance you don't get a running back. I know. Good chance you I don't think, get a running yeah. back. I think Josh Jacobs goes somewhere later in the first round. Okay. So I'll say him. So let's go four quarterbacks, a five with Josh Jacobs, the two tight ends from yep. Iowa, definitely going in the first round. That's seven. Okay, DK Metcalf is going to go in the first round for sure. Brown I, out of Oklahoma? I would think Brown, maybe both Browns, AJ Brown from Ole Miss, okay. Paris Campbell from Ohio State, and Oof. Hollywood Brown. Uh, I think all would have a chance to do that. Add it in with maybe another tight end in the mix, and then there's some good offensive linemen in this class. This is going to be very close, this one. I think it's going over. I'm going to go with the over, too. I, I think, think it's going over. I'm not sure I believe in the wide receivers yeah, as much as you do. Yeah, I got you. I, got you. Um, I don't know about the running back situation. Right. I think that's just – Well, the if, only in guy that situation, consider is Josh Jacobs. Yeah, so exactly. It. Just You're if right. that team in that moment right. feels that this is the best – Easily the best player exactly. that we can get. Exactly. I don't know. It just seems like it is a monster defensive draft. It is. I mean, on Clemson, you get three guys from one position group going in the first round. You're right so, about that. Uh, yeah, I think I'm with you, though. If you make me bet, you know, okay, Chris Sims, here's put $1,000 on the line. I'm going to say they go with the over on the defensive side. It could be tight. We'll yeah. see. So that's defensive players. Let's go to one of the top defensive players because it's another guy who mm-hmm. seemed like a lock. Top couple of picks. Yeah. Maybe the top pick, and then Kyler Murray happened. Right. So Nick Bosa. Yeah. Yes or no, top two pick? I'm going yes. I'm going, I mean, this is, I mean, it's captain obvious here, but it just, yeah, I think the 49ers are going to take Nick Bosa with the number two pick. I really do. I think Quinn and Williams is the better player than Nick Bosa, but I also think that the San Francisco 49ers have three first-round defensive tackles on their roster already, and they're going to go, we got D Ford, now let's add a Nick Bosa and really make this thing special on the defensive line. They can almost have a Seattle Seahawks-type defensive line. They run the Seattle Seahawks scheme to begin with. So, yeah, I think Nick Bosa is going number two to the San Francisco 49ers. If it's not the 49ers, I think the 49ers trade out of there and someone trades up to number two to still draft the Nick Bosa. So I think he goes number two. In terms of uh, rush ends, 
Ravens getting the quarterback. Yeah. Is he that is he generational talent good? Is he that good? He he he's a special he's a special all-around football player. He has special pass rush attributes that you look at. You know, I don't know if I would necessarily say he's a bit as good an all-around player as his brother was, Joey okay. coming out. I think Joey had a little more of a power game to him, better against the run, but Bosa's ability around the edge, the versatility of the pass rush moves, his bend, he has an incredible legs and ass on him to be able to turn the corner and I do think that's extremely important and you know you can't go a podcast without me saying that. So. If we had an over under on yeah. you saying legs and ass oh, it would have happened round? way earlier oh. in the show. Oh, I know it's been uh, a I while. Mean, right. I don't think I could have gotten right. any money to say that. And that's an impressive legs and legs and ass and really Hey, and I'll say this too. White people usually don't have that type of lower half. That's it's it's very rare for a Nick Bosa. Doc, Dr. Sims. Dr. Sims, Dr. Sims science class yeah, right now. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. But he's got some extra badunkadunk back there that you usually uh, yeah, <laughs> is that usually a, don't see. Yeah. Is that a technical term? The technical, yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. You'll be in the draft room <laughs> watching film to know that one. All right, well, that leads us right to the next one because it's on Quinn and Williams. Okay. I mean, and I guess if it was your choice, you would easy have him top three. Yes. Do you think he goes top three? Is that it? Is yes, that no. Question? Top three, Quinn and Williams. Oof, gosh, that's a really good one. Because you've got your top two now. You've just said it. I know. I know. And number three is the New York Jets, who don't have, like, a desperate need for the position, kind of need a pass rush, pass rusher more than anything. They got Leonard Williams at defensive tackle. We've heard a lot of – I'm just thinking this out loud right now for everybody. Uh, We've heard a lot of talk that the Jets are open for business at trading from number three. I'll say this. I think if the Jets stay at number three – they will not take Quinn and Williams. Really? I don't know that. I'm so just as it stands right now, you don't see I, I know I don't. For some reason, I think they will go some other direction. But if they trade out or end up trading, I think someone there will go up to number three to take a Quinn and Williams. Uh, like I've said a few times here the last week or so, he's the best interior defensive tackle, defensive lineman I've evaluated. I haven't been in this for 30 years or anything like that, but it's pretty awesome what I've seen on film. All right, it's a big if, but it's basically you think – the way it goes right now, Jets yeah. stay in that position. He doesn't go. I don't think three. so. No, All right. I don't. Let's get back to something we were talking about. Well, it relates to Quentin Williams. It yeah. relates to the running back conversation, which is Alabama. Over, under, two and a half players drafted out of Alabama in round number one. Ooh, that's a good All one. All right, because you have, obviously, Jonah Williams O-line. We yeah. were just talking about Quentin Williams. Yes. It's done. Right. There's your two. Right. Okay. And let's face it. If this was just one of those questions where if you ask somebody who – is a casual follower of football without any research at all. They're like, I'll take that over. I know. And I'll take it every I year. Because it seems like someone somewhere down the line is going to say, let's get a kid out of Let's get another kid out of Alabama. Do you think this happens? Do you, you think they get three over under two and a half? Right. So that means basically the running back's got to go first round. So, yeah, I, I think to me it is Quinn and Williams, the running back, I think go the first round. Oh, you don't think – who am I missing? Jonah Williams. Uh, Jonah Williams, to me, I think is questionable. Really? I think it's close. I do. I don't think he's a tackle in the NFL. I think that's the first okay. thing. So you're making a projection to the guard position. And there's some good players there. You know, I don't think Jonah Williams falls too far late, you know, in the late second round. I think he'll be at the top of the second, even, even if he goes that far. 
But yes, I look at Jacobs and Quentin Williams as the for sure things. Then I go, wow. the middle linebacker, Mac Wilson, he's going to be in the conversation. I don't think that happens. Okay, the tight end, uh, Irv Smith, I hope I'm hitting his name right, he's in the conversation, but I don't think he goes in the first round either. I think he's somewhere in the second. Um, and then there's the, Tom, the, the uh, Deontay Thompson, the safety, I believe. I hope I'm getting that name right. So, no, I'm going to go with the under here. Wow. I'm going to go with the under. Which is weird because you're going from a different direction. I know. Because you're saying Jacobs is going to go. I think Jacobs is going to go somewhere in the 20s. Do you see a team there that, that, all right, we need a running back right now, can get in? I thought the Eagles would be that team. Well, that's right. And everything like that. But now that's changed my mind there. So, hold on. Let me pull up the teams just to make a quick look. Well, I'll give you – while you're pulling this up, I'll give you some background here, okay? So – Last year, yep. Alabama had four right. first-rounders. 2017, they had four first-rounders and the second pick in the second round. Ooh. Yeah, I mean, just loaded teams. And let's face it, if you're on the fence and you're thinking, oh, you know what, I'm not sure, but I like this kid, I don't love this kid, you're in the late 20s, you're in the early 30s of the draft. Right. Feels good, doesn't it? It's got to feel good in that front office to be like, we're getting a kid out of Alabama. Without he's gonna question. He's going to come in. He's going to be he's good He's going to be game gonna ready. What he's doing. We know what he's doing. Yeah. Exactly right. That's what you're looking at from the Alabama guys. That is the, the uh, you know, what I want to say, the beauty of those yeah. guys. Yeah, and you know? can rationalize that pick. You definitely if you're, can. If, like, if you're on the fence, if you're not sure completely, you can say, like, them. yeah. He's, he's got them ready to go. They're ready day one to contribute. You know, okay. I'll tell you one team that jumps out to mind right away at the running back position. I don't know if this happens, but I'm just looking in the 20s right off the bat. Okay. I mean, the Baltimore Ravens, okay, I do. You, you think they'd go running back over a wide receiver? I'd probably not. I'm okay. just saying they're a team that could certainly use a, a running back to be a difference maker. The Raiders at 24 would be a team I would say watch okay. out for, or even at 27. I could see them dabbling in the, in the running back conversation. You know, the Colts, if they have him – Valued as like a top 10 talent, and there they are at 26, and he's on the board. And we feel like uh, we're the Colts built the way we are right now. We could go win a Super Bowl this year. I know. This could be the piece. Yeah. I don't uh, know uh, if I definitely believe it just because I look at it and go, the Colts, okay, they have three good running backs, so I think they'll stay with their stable. Another team I'll throw out for you in this conversation the Green Bay Packers at number 30, running back position. I mean, I, I checked the rule books. Aaron Rodgers is allowed to have a running game sometime before he retired. They, the league said they're allowed to. Is that official, man? They're allowed wow, to, that's nice. Uh, I checked. I called uh, Goodell. He said, yeah, they're allowed to actually run the ball in Green Bay, and the running back's allowed to actually help Aaron Rodgers We out. need to have so, the breaking news graphic right. flash right now. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I, I, um, I, to answer your question, yes, I think okay. Josh Jacobs goes in the first round. But I'm going but you still, But you're going the under. I'm yeah, going the which under. Is, all right, interesting. Yeah. So, well, you know, let's get back to another one because okay. – uh, what I have here is, we were just talking about the Baltimore Ravens. Yeah. Potential laying spot for D.K. Metcalf. Ooh, I think right. that's a very possible. Okay, so D.K. Possible. Metcalf, as you look at it, yeah. top 17 pick Ooh. is the prop bet, Ooh. which obviously they went and dug and felt that this was the landing point where it could be make or break for him. Yes or no? Uh, first off, do you think he's the first receiver guy? I, I am very – my two favorite receivers, the top, I rank D.K. Metcalf number one. Okay. Okay. I made Paris Campbell at Ohio State number two. I Paris Campbell to me is a no-brainer, four-three-one, six-foot 
or 6'1", I believe, can absolutely fly, showed all the attributes to be a good route runner. I really probably should have made Paris Campbell my number one receiver. I'm projecting DK Metcalf a little bit, okay. but in his own right, is a freak of nature. Yeah. And I do think, at the end of the day, yes, that DK Metcalf is going to be the first one off the board. But you're saying top 17? Top 17. Oh, baby. Okay, if I'm just going in the top 17 here, the teams I'm looking at right off the bat, Nine, Buffalo, would they think about it? Okay. Okay. The Broncos, I doubt it. I mean, they do have Emmanuel Sanders. He's coming off a very serious injury. Late in the season. Right. Yep. Corlin Sutton, they drafted in the second round last year. So I'm going to say no. Okay. The Miami Dolphins, maybe. I don't think Green Bay at 12 is going to do it. Oh, man. The Redskins at 15. Eh. Well, that depends now, right? So, yeah. So you look at, the, you look yeah. at Washington 15. It's, this now is that, a close one. This is if a you're Washington – uh, I mean, do you, you believe Washington still to be in the mix to maybe trade for Josh Rosen? I do. I think okay. that they're one of the teams that's, that's And now, there. Yeah. let's say that happens. Right. All right. Now, obviously, right. there's a lot of ifs here. But yeah. let's say they go out, they get their quarterback, they have Josh Rosen. Right. Wouldn't you, wouldn't you want a cornerstone? Wouldn't you want a receiver that you think could step right in? Yes. Young quarterback, young receiver. Yes. But you th- and you think he's the first one guy. I do. I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bet just in the NFL world, he's going to be valued very highly by someone. He is going to be the first one gone. To your thought, your thought's totally right with the Redskins. Only thing is, I think that maybe get Josh Rosen. Are they going to have to trade the 16th pick? That would be the yeah, thing I Yeah, that's a good about. point. Yeah, now they're in which case they trade themselves right out of right. making that but, pick. So, which yeah. I don't know if necessarily Arizona can demand a first-round pick for Josh Rosen, even though he might be worth Incredible. it. Incredible. I know. You take a guy top 10 overall one year, but you put I him think- in an offense where he's set up to fail. Mm-hmm. And then he's not worth I know. a worse pick the next year. It's I mean, really not about him as the worth, though. It's really about But it's how they played it. It's how they played exactly. it. Because people go, well, we know you're like Kyler Murray. So yeah. we're going to have two top ten picks in your locker room, a quarterback? Like, good luck dealing with that. <laughs> so that's why I think that will lower his value just from that standpoint. But, yeah, I think DK Metcalf will go in the top 17. I think somebody will love him. All right. And to finish up, it goes yeah. right uh, on the same train of thought with your wide receivers. Over under two and a half first round. It sounds like Ooh. you're very much leaning – well, it sounds like if you were picking, yeah, you'd have at least three in the first round. It, uh, there, there's, there is, there is. I would say, I would say, there's four first round worthy talents. Yeah. Okay. The thing is going to be, how are some of these O linemen valued on the big board? How are some of the D linemen valued on the big board? What is the talent gap some teams are going to have between, let's say, their top three receivers and then four, five, and six? If it's not that big, they might go, oh, let's take the old lineman here and maybe we'll wait to the second round. That's where the draft is always awesome. So what is it, two? Two and a half. Woo. Two and a half. So do you get – if you're taking me over, do you think three wide receivers will go in the first round? Now, right away, what you're saying is, I mean, I mean, if you were unsure mm-hmm. about the over-under at 17. I know. Now you're talking about, all right, eliminate the first 16 picks. So now you need three receivers from 17 to the end of the first round. I'm going to say yes. I'm going to okay. say it gets to three. All right. It's going to be – this one's a close one. This is a good bet. If I was at home, don't bet this. Well, it's okay? going to be tight also because it feels like there's potential for maybe some res- receivers to go high in the second round. Exactly Because they're right. talented right enough. I mean. It's like, it's oh, right. you're right there at the border. Yes. And then it'll burn twice that, as bad because you'll continue to watch the draft. And there they are. They're going to be a pick 33, yeah. pick 34, and you're like, oh, my gosh. But, yes, and that's why it's going to be interesting because it will be about how other teams value other positions and where it goes from there. But uh, I'm going to say three for right now. I don't know what three it will be. I do think my top three, uh, and I had Marquise Brown probably as I had him as my number three. Okay. I think if the more I've watched, I might have DJ AJ Brown maybe a little higher up, 
Okay, I would probably play A.J. Brown at three with my new wow. rankings. Yes, D.K. Metcalf, Paris Campbell, A.J. Brown. I would probably still go Debo Samuel, then Marquise Brown. But Marquise Brown has a special skill set, yep. and if anybody's looking for a speed guy that just totally take the top off the defense and be down the field threat, then he could be that first-round guy. Also, he's coming off foot surgery. And that always scares me. So I don't know. Well, if that could be the difference. Could, yeah, I don't, like right. if, if you're right. tinkering late in the round, exactly. all of a sudden People maybe you're go, going away eh. from it. Right. And all right. So over yeah. under uh, the amount of times the rest of your life that you run more than a mile. Oh, like we like never. charity five k. No, really? Sorry, no. I mean. If, if they want me to run Charity 5K, just ask me to write a check, and I'll write the check. You don't need to see me run the mile, okay? Come on. Well, I don't first want off, it's that. a 5K. It's not and, a mile. You're going to have to run the whole thing, Oh, that's probably. right. It's 3.2 miles, yeah. right? But either way, all I know is that makes my back hurt even thinking about it, and I will have to get – doctor said I'll need a backiotomy. A backiotomy. <laughs> you know what? You'll show up with a check and a doctor's note. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be you my at the mama. Charity 5K. Do you know what movie that's from? Bacchiotomy, that yeah. is uh, uh, Nutty Professor? Uh, nope, close, uh, close, close. No, it's actually How High. Um, you remember the movie How High uh, with um, Dave, Dave Chappelle? Well, it's, Dave, it's definitely Dave Chappelle. Dave Chappelle. And I was thinking of him as the comedian acting, at that point. And he's yeah. acting like he's the singer guy. And he, he, and he goes, I needed a bacchiotomy. Doctor said I need a bacchiotomy. Wait, it's How High? It's not... Uh, oh, Half-Baked. It's I'm Half-Baked. Sorry. You're right. How, how, yeah. Yes, Half-Baked. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. I'm getting my stoner movies confused. It's weird how anyone would get stoner movies confused because you figured you'd keep such know, a tight dude, catalog of stoner movies. Wrong, yeah, exactly. I was a little fuzzy when I watched that one. Unbelievable. Thank I you. think I think that's the perfect way to end this. That is it, right there. Yeah. So we we'll go and watch that. Yeah. How high and half baked double feature. Bam. At your house. Right. We're not and we're we're not. We gotta wait for the weekend. Uh, well, you're a busy, weekend. man. You work six days a week. Shut up. Okay. You work so hard. Shut up. Thanks for coming on. Hey, no Thanks problem. Thanks for hosting and running the show, dude. Well, listen, I just want to take some pressure off you. Yeah, please. It's a tough time. It's been tough. Yeah. It's it really tough. You're such an ass. <laughs> All right, everybody. That's it for this asshole, Liam McHugh. I am Chris Sims, the lead asshole on this show. Thanks for tuning in, as always. NBC, YouTube.com slash NBC Sports, at CSimsQB on Twitter, and then at SimsUnbutton on Instagram. Hope you enjoyed the show. And Wednesday, we got the Roto World Mock Draft. Wow. Right, so. You're taking the cues from the producer. This You don't need I'm, me here anymore. I'm doing all right. Oh, I need you here. I do. I'm Trust me, up. I do. Here but really I are. have somebody telling me what to do. But, yeah, tune into that. We're going to have a good conversation. Going to get my back. man Josh Norris. We're going to go through this, and uh, I'm going to be Johnny GM, NBC Sports style. I'm looking forward to that. All right, man. Tune See in for you. that. Tune good in job. for that. Great job. Thanks, man. Nice. I'm getting better. Peace out, homies. See ya. Say bye. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.